The Pat Kenny Show. With Matter Private. Trust Ireland's leading private hospitals with locations nationwide, including Dublin, Cork and Limerick. This is News Talk. Well, now it's uh, time to talk gardening and we are joined by Porik Horkin, horticulturalist and a member of the Horkin Garden Centre family. Porik, good morning and welcome. Good morning to you, Pat. Now, November, looking out, not a great day for gardening, although remarkably warm uh, still. Uh, What do we do in our gardens routinely in November? Well, one of the best things to start doing, Pat, is to start creating your own garden compost. If you think what's happening around you, the trees are shedding their leaves at the moment. That's a rich material of organic matter that can be used in a compost heap with grass clippings. I gave my own lawn. It's hopefully it's last trimming last weekend. And I use the clippings with some leaf litter and some kitchen waste to start off my compost heap. And if you start a compost heap now, remember, you can use a wide range of materials from the kitchen, but also from the garden, you'll have fantastic compost as we go in to next spring to use in your garden, you know, to mulch your trees or indeed to use in your edible garden and your raised beds. But it's also the time of year, Pat, in November for taking cuttings of your favourite plants. So if you've got geraniums out of doors or fuchsias, now's the time to take the cuttings of those plants and bring them indoors. November is also the time to plant herbs, in particular for Christmas, So traditional herbs like sage, parsley, rosemary, thyme, the type of herbs we're going to use over the festive period should be planted now. You can simply plant them up in window boxes, sit them on your windowsill and use them right through the winter, particularly Christmas and spring of next year. I'm planting broad beans and peas out into the garden soil at the moment, Pat, even in the wet weather. I'm also pruning my roses. They've gone out of flower, so I'm going to give them a bit of a haircut over the next couple of days. And once I do that, I give them a dressing of winter wash, which cleanses them of any pests um, in particular and keeps them clean for the winter. And the last thing I'm doing, Pat, is planting up some winter colour. So winter heathers, some of the spring bulbs, of course, and things like cyclamen that are in flower at the moment, just to cheer me up, really, because those plants will continue to flower right through till March or April of next year. Now. The question's coming in in their droves. Teresa wants to know, um, can you give me advice on keeping my potted acers healthy for the winter? Yeah, there's very little to do, Teresa, to be honest. Acers are totally winter hardy. They'd be perfectly fine out of doors. They're giving fantastic autumn colour at the moment, which will drop in the next couple of days. And really, it's just a matter of putting them somewhere sheltered, still where they're going to get the rain over the winter, but just keeping them out of the wind, really, for the winter. You could top dress them if they're in pots, take off maybe two or three inches of the old soil on top and put in a good John Ennis mixture of compost. And apart from that, just leave them alone until next spring. What garden plants can I plant now that will attract and feed my garden birds in winter? Oh, well, there's there's quite a range. I mean, particularly burying plants, plants that carry berries at this time of the year right through the winter. So I'm thinking of mountain ash, the beautiful sorbus mountain ash, there's many different varieties. And many of the burying trees, Pat, also flower in the spring. So not only are they good for the birds in autumn, they're brilliant for the bees in springtime. So Cotoneaster would be a brilliant plant to plant now. Pyracantha is another really, really good one. Hollies, of course, the birds absolutely love the hollies and will feed on them all winter. A lovely plant called Hippophae rhamnoides, or a plant called sea buckthorn. If you're living in a seaside area, A, it's one of the best plants to grow because it's 
really hardy, but it produces lovely orange edible berries at this time of year. And the birds love those as well. Ivy, I'm often asked how to kill ivy, but it's one of the best plants, Pat, for producing berries through the winter, particularly for pigeons and thrushes. They absolutely love the black berries that come on ivy and plants like hawthorn. So there's lots that you can be planted. Lots of options. Okay, is it okay to move a liquid amber tree to a new position at this time of year? That's from Frank. I'm actually, well, Frank, I'm sitting in my my own office looking out of my garden and I'm admiring my own liquid amber. It's just nearly... Uh, dropping its leaves. It will do in the next week or 10 days. It's a beautiful plant to plant in any garden. And the time to move it is November and they do transplant quite easily. So liquid amber, it's called the sweet gum tree. It comes to us from North America, Pat. It's one of the best autumn foliage plants that you can plant. And again, a really good plant for bees when it comes into flower. But the time to move it is November. And it's also an excellent time to take cuttings of liquid amber. It roots quite easily from cuttings. We have three acres of land behind our house. Having seen the Trinity College conversion to the front of their campus to encourage biodiversity, we decided time to do our bit for the environment. My dutiful husband fenced off a quarter of an acre for us to plant wildflowers to encourage biodiversity. If it's successful, we'll plant the entire three acres like that. When, in your opinion, is the best time to sow and where can we access these plants? That's from Esther. Okay, well, Esther, first of all, wildflowers, it's it's gone a little bit late. I would have said kind of September, October, it's gone very wet at the moment. So I would leave the sowing of the wildflowers until springtime. But do remember, three or four trees, flowering trees, trees like sycamore or trees like the beautiful lime trees, they will offer as much flowers as an acre of wildflower meadow. So planting three or four or five or half a dozen trees, particularly because it's half an acre in size, I will plant some trees at this time of year in November, particularly flowering trees that are good for bees. And of course, many of the ones that I mentioned that carry berries, like the roan tree and the hawthorn, are also brilliant for biodiversity. And then you can plant the wildflowers and some spring bulbs beneath those trees and spring bulbs at this time of year, but the wildflowers next spring. So remember, lots of trees and shrubs, Pats. It's not not just wildflowers that are good for biodiversity. Many of our native trees and many of the garden shrubs, shrubs like broom and bramble and wild privet, they can be planted as well and are brilliant for biodiversity and for nesting of birds as well. Can you ask, Porik, if it's a good time to cut back simple plants like fuchsia or daisy plants? Yeah, I, I cut my own fuchsia only yesterday or the day before. Uh, so now is a really good time. Summer flowering shrubs in general, like hypericum, fuchsias, you can trim those back now. Plants like hydrangeas, leave them over until springtime, until next March. But many of our sp- summer flowering shrubs can certainly be pruned at this time of year. Uh, what about cherry trees this time of year? No, can you prune? cherries, cherries because... No, cherries, Pat, because they're spring flowering, are pruned immediately after flowering. So anything that flowers in the springtime, and that means any plant that flowers from January to June, we describe it in horticulture as spring flowering. They're pruned immediately after flowering. So as you know, cherries come into flower in April and May, and at the week that the petals start to fall, that's the week to prune back cherry trees. So leave them alone and prune them in the springtime. Uh, What about uh, dahlias and geraniums still flowering? Uh, When's the best time to cut them back? That's from Paul. 
Well, my advice with geraniums, as I said, you want to start taking cuttings of those now because the first hard frost is going to see them off, Pat, is going to damage them. Dahlias, you can leave them for another couple of weeks. Enjoy them. The weather is so mild. They're flowering beautifully. So leave them alone until the frost cuts them back and then dig them up out of the soil. Dig up the tubers, knock off any old soil. Put a little bit of green sulfur on them, Pat. That helps to protect them from any diseases and store them in your garage for the winter. Um, it's All Souls Month. What plants could I plant on a double grave? Something hardy but colourful. Yeah, and, and again, in a grave situation, you want something low-growing and something tough. So winter flowering heathers would be a really good choice. They come in many different colours. They're coming into flower at this time of year and will flower through until April or early May. So they'd be an excellent choice. Cyclamen are quite good at the moment. Winter flowering pansies would be lovely at the moment as well. Maybe heliborus a lovely one called Christmas Carol, which again has just started to flower now, Pat. It's white in flower, uh, a really nice plant for a grave. Or there's a lovely plant called Angel's Wings. It's a plant called Senecia. It's got silver leaves. They're, they're wing-shaped with this beautiful, bright, metallic silver colour and a lovely plant on a grave as well. So look for that one. That's called Angel's Wings. It's totally hardy out of doors and would do very well on a grave. A final one now. I have a star jasmine that flowered really well in its first year, but turned a purple brown, has never come back fully green or flowered fully since then. It's on an east facing wall. Any advice to bring it back? That's from Paul. Well, here's that's a beautiful plant, Paul. That's a plant called Tracheospernum jasminoides. So then, as the name suggests, it's jasmine like flowers in, in summertime. In, at this time of year, with the cold weather, it's natural for the, the tracheospernum to turn a reddish colour. That's perfectly natural. Um, so I would expect that to happen. So leave it alone. Give it a feed next March and April and it'll come back a lovely green colour. It'll take a number of years to flower. It's a relatively young plant. So my advice, everything is, is as it should be, Pat. It should be a purpley reddish colour simply down to the cooler temperatures at the moment and it holds that colour right through the winter but it's a beautiful climber it'll grow easily 10-12 feet in height and when it does flower it's got a beautiful scent Brilliant. Porrick, thank you very much for joining us. That's Porrick Horkin uh, he of the Horkin Garden Centre family. That's 